So this is a picture of me holding up my peanut butter, my delicious peanut butter and jelly sandwich in the car as we're driving down the highway. And I must say the first four or five were pretty, pretty delicious. But after a while, it got got to be a chore to eat them all. (laughs) As a matter of fact, at one point you stopped eating them. I had to eat the rest of them. Welcome to the Winnie and Bill Chat Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 5, and we're calling this one The Digital Renaissance. Hello, everyone. That was my husband, Bill, and I'm Winnie. We are the owners of Quiet Shutter Fine Art and Photography, and this is our podcast. Before we get going, I want to thank Anchor Podcasting. It is a free podcasting platform that you can access from the internet. Or an app on your smartphone. It's pretty easy to use. If we can do it, you can do it too. Thanks, Anchor. We also want to thank our son, Andrew Johnston, Outdoor Andy TV on Instagram and Twitch for setting us up with our sound and our equipment. Also, uh, season two music by the Caffeine Creek Band found on Pixabay. Thanks, everyone. So the way we do our podcast is we will post nine photos to our Instagram account, which is Quiet Shutter Photo. And then we'll talk about those photos, the story behind them, what went into making them, whatever comes up. So today we're calling this one the Digital Renaissance, which will make sense in a minute. Um, But we promised you for season two, we would start with uh, something inspirational, inspirational picture, a quote, uh, um, something. And what I'm going to do right now, Bill, is I'm going to read a paragraph from the Christmas letter we got from our son and his wife. Woo! Sarah, I'm sure, is responsible for putting to this together. But I really appreciated this portion of their Christmas newsletter. Okay. It doesn't seem like there was much to salvage out of 2020. But we are so thankful that the pandemic has highlighted one thing in particular, art. When the lockdown first started and panic was spreading, the world turned to art for comfort. Visual artists, musical artists, and performance artists shared their work online for the masses to enjoy. It highlighted that people need art. They need shared human experience when their lives are turned upside down. This digital renaissance has been a light in an otherwise dark time. We have found joy in live-streamed concerts and digital galleries when we are stuck at home, and we hope you have found some joy in this, too. I think she put that pretty, pretty good, don't you think, Bill? Yeah, yeah. Um, So today, what were you just telling me, Bill, about? Today is the anniversary. This Today is the anniversary of the first known case or the first reported case, anyways, of COVID-19 in the United States. Actually, it was the first known or reported case of COVID-19 in Michigan. So I remember this um, very well. Now, we want to keep this, our podcast, positive. So we're not going to dwell on a lot of the negative about um, the worldwide COVID pandemic. But it has um, perhaps changed us. I think, do you think, Bill, that maybe we have been changed forever a little bit just by experiencing this? We certainly will look at things differently and we'll probably wear masks when we go to certain places that we probably should have before and didn't think anything of it. And I think that we have found ways to get through life uh, in, you know, difficult situations. Yeah. And we'll talk about that as we go through our pictures. So our pictures today are not necessarily museum quality pictures. Many of them are just little snapshots from our cell phones, 
Some of them are pictures that people shared with us. Um, so don't look for this week to be um, an artistic, um, you know, momentous occasion, but they do tell the story. And um, so I, let's just get started with our first photo. Sure. Do you want to describe this one, Bill? So this first picture is actually a picture of you and I. And this is when we were on a trip into Arizona and Utah last year, probably like a week after a week, you know, a week from now last year. So yeah, almost this a is year us, ago. This is a selfie and you and I are not good at taking selfies. No, we always struggle. We struggle with taking a selfie. Something about short arms. It doesn't help <laughs> I guess. any. This is us at Horseshoe Bend in uh, Arizona. And I, I picked this picture because we were already on a vacation when um, the whole craziness, started. when the world changed. Yeah, yeah. And the world changed like overnight almost. I'm now in January and February of 2020, you know, there was a little bit of news about a possible virus, a new virus that was, you know, potentially something to worry about, but it hadn't necessarily presented in the United States yet. and. And uh, so we had a we had this trip to Arizona and Utah planned and we we went on vacation, not knowing what was going to happen. And what was it, two days into maybe the second day into our our uh, visit that we got a phone call that things were going to have to shut down at Park of the Pines where we live and work. Right. And that all activities would have to cease until further notice. And. I'm thinking that this picture was taken the day before we got that phone call. Yeah, it might have been. Because we'd gone to the Grand Canyon, and I think we went to Horseshoe Bend on our drive between the Grand Canyon and Zion National Park. So we were oblivious in this picture to right. <laughs> what was ahead of us. Right. Because I remember the morning in the hotel room where I got the phone call that I needed to because while we were out of town, there was still an art class that was meeting at Park of the Pines and uh, a few other things that were going to take place while we were gone. So we had to call folks and let them know that those things were canceled and let the people who were staying on the grounds to take care of it, let them know what was happening. And right. Um, yeah. So. Um, so we carried on with our trip, but it turned into quite a little bit different trip than we'd expected. Um, so this meant we didn't want to go into restaurants and sit down, correct? Right. We, I and mean, we were, it was an outdoor kind of a trip. We wanted to see the Grand Canyon and Zion National Park and Bryce Canyon. And so we had planned on being outdoors a lot, but generally when we're on a vacation, we like to look up on Yelp and see what the best local restaurants are. And also try we, out the pie everywhere. Try out the pie. Something about Utah. They love their pie. There was advertisements for pie everywhere. Um, the other thing we like to do when we go to a national park is, is go to the visitor center and sit in on their um, video presentation. Generally, there's a movie about the park that sort of gives you a little, educates you a little bit on the highlights of that park. And those were either canceled or we just didn't really want to do that sit in a room small room with people and right i think we went to one at the grand canyon and then the next day the visitor centers just started shutting down i was like bill and winnie are coming let's shut this down <laughs> it was right crazy now. it was like the shutting down was two hours behind us through our whole trip because when we were at zion national park uh, when you go to zion it's such a heavily visited park that in order to get into the areas that you want to see, you have to take a shuttle bus. And um, we got up the first morning we were there and got on the very first shuttle bus of the day and, and went in and did a little hike and got the shuttle bus back to our hotel. And as we were getting off the bus, the bus driver was getting some radio messages. Do you remember that, Bill? Yeah, I do that they were shutting down for the day and the visitor center was shutting down for the day. And it was kind of going to be every man for himself in the park. Right. We were going to go to the visitor center and, and see if we could find 
you know, like a t-shirt or a sticker. Cause we were picking up stickers on that trip. There are different national parks and they would not let us in the building. There was a guy out in front of there. There was a ranger that was standing out in front and giving, giving information, information as far as, the, yeah. you know, if you want to go on a hike or these hikes are being closed and that kind of thing. But the visitor center was no longer, you could not go in it. Right. But, you know, everybody, I think, was just a little bit freaked out everywhere we went. And people were starting to, you know, they were spacing themselves out and they were being cautious. Nobody was wearing masks yet, though. No, but people were spreading themselves out a little bit. Yeah. I remember later in that same trip, we started, we think we picked up a mask or two and wore them when we did go into places, but it wasn't. I had put a couple of masks in my camera bag. We had visited the hospital. I had a sick relative um, the month before our trip, and they had masks in the lobby, or maybe it was masks before you went into her room. And I had picked up a couple extra ones. And then for some reason, I just tucked them in my camera bag, just thinking, well, you never know. Right. And so we did have masks. Yeah. But. Um, now that I'm thinking of it, we probably should have called this podcast "Close the Door Behind You" because that's what was happening everywhere. You know what? That's that's a good name for this podcast. <laughs> Close the door behind you. That's exactly what was happening. Yeah. So, so we've talked about our trip um, in a prior podcast episode. Yeah. So we won't go into too much detail about that, but that's how it started for us. Um, you know, here we were, not home, not close to home. Um, you know, hours, hours by an airplane away. And uh, we managed to make the best of it. We had a good little trip, but it, it did change. And we were very cautious, only ate drive through food in our car or in our hotel room and washed our hands a lot. And yeah, our uh, rental car smelled a lot like a French fry by the end of the week. French fry and hand sanitizer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was kind of funny too, how the hand sanitizer um, all the hand sanitizers just popped up everywhere. All of a sudden, there was these freestanding hand hand sanitizer. I know that was um, surprising. All over the place. Some of the national park um, visitor centers that stayed open had a hand sanitizer on the outside of the door, and then again on the inside of the door, and they wanted you to sanitize both going in and going out. Right. I said to you at the time, I don't know why we never had these before, quite honestly. Right. I wonder if they existed, but they were off in a corner somewhere. They, yeah. yeah. Probably. They probably had to blow the dust off yeah. them all. Yeah. I hate to say this, but prior to the pandemic, when you went to a public restroom, did you ever pay attention to how many people came out of the restroom and didn't stop to wash their hands or maybe just ran their hands underwater for a quick second and, or even pretended they did or yeah. Yeah. And you sure don't see that anymore. Or if you do, you really notice it. Yeah. I've even seen people like fake it or whatever. And somebody will look at it. I'm like, Oh, okay. I'll wash my hands. Oh my gosh. I take the full like 20 seconds to soap up anymore. And yeah. And then when I get back to my car, I use hand sanitizer also. Yep. You just can't be too careful. So um, let's go to our next picture. Okay. So because of the pandemic, pretty much all of the activities in 2020 that were to take place at Park of the Pines, and that means um, kids' summer camps, uh, family camps, retreats, Family reunions, all, all the kind of stuff. All the activities that had been planned, and we had a lot of them lined up for 2020, yep. were canceled. So Bill and I um, continued to work hard all summer, but it was a very different summer. We were alone here, and um, so we got to do some jobs that we would not have otherwise been able to do when there was activities going on. And the biggest job we did was um, the main lodge building at Park of the Pines, which is I'd say it's a huge building. How big would you say it is, Bill? It's 80 feet wide and it's 140 feet long. So it's good size. And the gable ends are tall. Yeah, really tall. And it's a, a has wood siding on it that hasn't been stained in I don't know how many years. Um, we had a new roof put on the lodge the year before and they put nice, beautiful new white um, 
trim. What do you call that? Fascia on the building. And uh, as in any project, when you do something new, it makes the rest of it look shabby. Yeah. If you can, in this picture, the fascia is the big white, wide trim up on this little awning that pops out from one of our end, end doors of the building. Uh, that was all like this brown, chocolate brown metal before. And all all of that uh, was, was replaced by fresh white everywhere. And it really just made the rest of the building look pretty worn out. So we took, boy, it must have taken us a month, eh, Bill? Yeah, probably. Um, we painted all of the corner moldings and the posts um, white and then we stain the building a fresh coat of stain and it looks awesome but not many people have seen it yet yeah we're looking forward to people being able to see it this summer actually yeah because oh we feel good about that it was a big job and it yep. took a long time and in the process of doing that we found an area of the wall that was rotting and so we had to replace siding and um what do you call the boards that are underneath the siding we had to replace some of that sheeting the yeah. sheeting some of the sheeting on the walls had actually rotted out from water damage and stuff. So we, yeah, we, we got some really good um, repair jet work done and yeah, stuff um, that needed to be stuff done that needed to be done and we could do it and didn't have to worry about being in anyone's way while we were doing right. it. So we got that job was a big job and several other little projects that we got done along the way. Last kind of the, and, kind of a hidden blessing in all of the yeah otherwise disappointment. Yeah. We tried to make the best, the best of it anyways. Yeah. So this picture is a picture of the end of the lodge. Bill's um, on his knees painting uh, one of the posts. And um, because I often will take pictures of projects we're doing and it always shows Bill working. And so I worry that people think I'm not also working. Winnie's just wandering around taking pictures. But uh, trust me, I was working too. And so in this picture, in the very foreground, I have lifted up my little paint roller so you can see it. Yes, there was two of us at work here. I thought that was a microphone. Yeah, it could be. A, not, a microphone dipped in white paint. Yeah. One thing also, Bill, I didn't notice when I took this picture, but I think it's hilarious and funny. Do you see what's standing next to the door? Yeah, I just, I was just thinking, <laughs> oh, I hadn't put the snow shovel away from the winter yet. One thing in northern Michigan, you keep your snow shovel out for quite some time. This was probably June. May anyways, yeah. We have had some crazy, crazy snowstorms late in April. Oh, yeah. We've even had snow in May here. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen flakes of snow in July, you know, on the odd occasion. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, a um, few years ago, we had some people that were staying at the lodge and they uh, they came the night before the weather was normal. It was great. This was April. It was in April. Right? Yep. Yep. And uh, they they arrived kind of late in the evening, so they got settled in their room and they went to bed right away. And they um, we had even visited with them. It was like midnight when we went right? home, and nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. But when they woke up in the morning, we had three foot of snow on the ground. Yep. No word of a lie. That's not an exaggeration. No, I think it actually was thirty eight inches with the official yeah number. And. Uh, our, our friend Abby said, well, I guess uh, she said, I've always laughed that you guys have snow shovels at the doors all the time here. And I never understood why. And she said, now I think I know why they had to actually shovel their way out of the building. They couldn't get out. Yeah. Even, I mean, this, these little awnings in this picture we're looking at right now are on both ends of the building. And the, on the other end of this building is the walkway that goes over to the kitchen. We were going to have breakfast together in the morning and yeah, the snow had blown in against the door and they had to shove their way out to open the door and then shovel their way all the way to the kitchen. It was kind of funny. So let's go to our next picture. Okay. So this picture um, is a picture of us driving through Dairy Queen. So thank God for drive through and carry out. Yes. I mean, I think that grocery stores really benefited during the, have benefited during the pandemic. It's not over yet um, because people were, at home and didn't have a lot of options for eating out or doing the things they normally do. So I think grocery stores have thrived. Correct, Bill? Up 28%. Yep. So Bill works as a bakery manager in a grocery store. So he knows firsthand and uh, he's worked through the whole pandemic. And so you've seen it. People, yep. people yep. shopping. Um, 
a lot of people started making bread at home and and baking and doing things that in previous life we just didn't have time to do. Yeah, or just didn't take time to do it because it was convenient enough to just buy stuff already right, made. But right, yeah. So um, we got carry out. Well, we probably have gotten carry out maybe once a week through the pandemic. Yeah. Um, pizza, Chinese food, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and occasionally we drive through for a treat. And this was us driving through Dairy Queen to get an ice cream. And uh, I snapped the picture. I don't think this young man who was working in the Dairy Queen was, he's, I can tell he's looking at me taking a picture. He's probably not that yeah, thrilled. It's like, why are you taking my picture, lady? But I was taking the picture to show for, you know, down the road when maybe we aren't wearing masks all the time anymore, that this is how it was. Yep. Everybody yep. wore masks. Everybody was wearing a mask for in support of each other more than anything. I, you know, for some people, it was support to not spread germs to other people. And for some people, it was to save themselves. Right. Whatever your whatever reason. Works. Yeah. yeah. Whatever your reason. Yeah. I think I wear a mask for both. Yeah. If I'm honest. And the more I've been out and about, I'm now going to wear a mask every time I have to go to a public restroom. Absolutely. It's down on the stink. Yeah, absolutely. I say the same thing. I think I'm going to have a mask in my purse or in my bag or in my camera bag or whatever from now on. I just think there's going to be reasons to yeah to have a mask on. Um, you know, for the most part, people have complied. There have been a handful of people who, for whatever reasons, don't believe in the mask, don't believe they work, don't believe they're necessary. But, uh, you know, for me, it's the tiniest little thing we can do to help get yeah. through all of this. Yeah. So um, one thing that happened fairly early on during the pandemic, um, when it became apparent that we needed to wear masks, was that people started to sew masks. Uh, a lot of my friends, probably not a lot of your friends, Bill, but a lot of my friends were sewing masks. I know our friend Nan Anderson was uh, sewing masks in the beginning, a lot of them. Um, I think that... Um, yeah, she's not my friend. Yours. <laughs> She's my friend. Kidding. She's your friend. I meant, I guess that was a dumb thing to say. No, I know what you mean. But uh, our daughter-in-law, Sarah, was sewing masks. Um, our daughter and her husband were sewing masks. I sewed some masks. Um, and people got creative with it. You know, yep. people had uh, decorative, you know, masks, different colors, different patterns of fabric. Some people had political messages on their masks. But um, if you're going to wear a mask, why not make it fun, right? Sure. So let's go oh, to our next picture. Okay. I had almost forgotten about this one. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about it too. I like this picture. So um, I really like this picture. This sort of brings me back to, you really like this picture? Yeah. Oh, good. This sort of brings me back to what Sarah said about people um getting involved in art or appreciating art or um, listening to concerts, live concerts online. And um, for me, because I, I like to be artistic, visual, visual arts. You made this? <laughs> <Shut> <laughs> I spent quite a bit of time during the pandemic painting. Now, I have a lot of new, fairly new friends from the Boyne City art world. Not my friends, yours. They're my friends and your friends. Kidding. And we had, for a long time, we had the art class that was meeting here that was no longer able to meet because of the pandemic. And so I've tried to stay connected with those artists. And often we would challenge each other to um, an artistic project and share our progress with with each other for um, critique and advice. And um, along the way, I got a phone call from someone who had seen my work and commissioned me to do a, a little watercolor painting for her daughter's birthday. And that's what this picture is. It's um, a fox sitting in the snow with some evergreen behind it, some pine behind it. Just a fun little picture. Yeah. Well, the other the other part of this story for this picture is she had already bought a picture that you had done a year or so before. Uh, you'd you'd given away a little piece for a fundraiser for the Boyne City Art Collective, and she had bought it. And then she was impressed with your work and 
called you up and asked if you could do another one. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was flattering and it was fun to do. I did two different versions of Fox paintings and she chose the one she wanted. Mm-hmm. But um, this was just one of many I did. I uh, painted portraits and pet well, you, pictures. You and, probably did 20 paintings or more this year. And, yeah. yeah. And yeah. It, you know what? It felt good, but it also felt good because there was time to do it. You know, there wasn't that pressure of let's hurry up and get here, get there. We got to drive downstate for a meeting. We've got this going and that going. And so it allowed for a little bit more time in our lives to pursue some of those things that bring joy. Yeah. 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 I also love that um, on the internet, there was a lot of free um, concerts, as Sarah mentioned in her Christmas newsletter. Um, There was also free art lessons and, um, you know, just almost anything you could find. People, I think, realize that, you know, we're all in this together. And if we're going to get through it, let's, you know, give a little bit of ourselves so that everyone can appreciate and have a chance to do something that would distract them. Yeah. From all the changes. And yeah, no, it was kind of cool to see people had a lot of free painting instruction and that kind of stuff too. People who wanted to learn how to make sourdough, there's 4 million ways to make sourdough now that everybody should know how to make. You right. Can, you can make it in the palm of your hand if you wait long enough. Wow. <laughs> well, anyways, um, yeah, I think that, what the pandemic did for us was allow us to pursue some of those things that we didn't necessarily allow ourselves to right. take part in before. Oh, our next picture. Bill's just seeing these pictures for the first time as we go through <laughs> these today. Cause I just put this together this morning and. Yeah. I forgot about this picture. I love this picture. This is not a picture I took. This is a picture of our daughter and her husband, Cole, Lauren and Cole. On their first anniversary, and when Lauren and Cole got married in 2019, in April, they had planned to take a honeymoon, but they were going to take it a year from the date they got married. And they had planned and saved and made preparations and did a lot of research, and they were planning this fantastic honeymoon to Italy. And of course, the pandemic happened. And then they spent three months trying to get their money back. Which they did. They got their money back. (laughs) They did. But yeah, yeah. There was just so many things that they had planned as well as a lot of other people that just had to change. Right. So their first anniversary that they thought they would be, you know, Oceanside in Italy somewhere, a restaurant on the side of a cliff, drinking wine and having a wonderful anniversary. They were at home. By themselves. In quarantine. This photo says quarantine anniversary. This is a picture of Lauren and Cole. They got dressed up in at home and had an anniversary celebration by themselves. And they sent us this picture of the two of them, which is, <laughs> I hope you get a chance to look at it. It's a funny picture. And they've got written on it, quarantine anniversary. And they look very happy. Oh, yeah. I think they were, I know they were very disappointed about the the honeymoon cancellation, but yeah, they really had done a lot of research and thought through a whole lot of things and had talked with a, a travel agent and tried to get some ideas. And then finally threw all those ideas out the window and did their own thing. Had it all planned and all for nothing. Yeah. And they'll probably never take that trip. Well, I shouldn't say that they may take it, but it's going to be, might be a while. A while. <laughs> but I, you know what? It really pleases me that they can, you know, punt. <laughs> yeah. That they can just sort of, all right, this is the way it is. We're not going to just be miserable and feel sorry for ourselves. We're going to, we're going to do what we can do. We're going to spontaneously figure something out and we'll just be happy that we're together. Right. So I love that picture. Yeah, it's a good one. I I think they should print that one out and have it somewhere to remind them. So one more thing that this picture makes me think of that that is a result of the pandemic for a lot of people is the hair. Yeah. (laughs) Now Cole was during this, the ski season when he's working um, overnight, I think he kind of lets his hair go. 
But um, so probably when the pandemic started, he was in need of a haircut. And I know that I was probably in need of a haircut. And through the pandemic, even though I was a hairstylist for 30 some years and, and could get my not. hair done in a salon almost whenever I wanted to, Bill is now my stylist. And I think Lauren cuts Cole's hair too. And I think this is probably true for a lot of husband and wives that they have started cutting each other's hair. Yep. You know, for a long time, salons were completely shut down. And I think that in some states, the salons can be open now, but the stylist has to wear a mask and the patron has to wear a mask. And it's just probably not as luxury an experience as it used to be. Um, yeah, so, I know you've made comments several times that, God, am I glad that I don't have to do that for a living anymore. I, I think I would have retired on the spot. It just, yeah, you know, it seems like such a nightmare. When you're a stylist, you are very close to people. You're washing their hair. You're probably 12 inches away face to face. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's very an intimate kind of an experience. So, um, yeah, I'm happy that I don't do that anymore. Yeah. But um, so Me? far, you've been able to do my hair okay. I've always cut your hair, so that's no change for you. What? That was you? <laughs> okay, our next picture. Alrighty. To me, this is something very positive that has come out of the pandemic time. Yeah. So do you want to describe this? This is a picture of a whole screen full of us doing a Zoom. This was, was that, this was at Christmas time, I think. I think this was our Zoom Christmas party. Yeah. So Bill and I often have to go to a lot of meetings regarding um, the Park of the Pines camping program and um, all of, you know, where we have to travel downstate and, and, you know, it takes up a whole day. And um, now we're all meeting on zoom, which is on your computer online. And um, you sign in when it's time for the meeting. And when you're done, you turn it off and go back to your life. So I think that that is a, I think that's progress. I think so too. You know, for the most part, you're in the comfort of your home and, um, and like in this particular picture and we've, seen in in our other we've had three or four different family zoom meetings now that uh you know your your mom and sister are in sioux ontario your other sister and brother-in-law are in winnipeg our son andy and sarah are in sheboygan one of your cousins is in the sioux another cousin is in ottawa ottawa Lauren yeah. Nicole or Montana. People can you know. get together that couldn't physically get together yeah. for sure. Yeah. So we have had, um, we've had a Zoom family Christmas party. We had a Zoom um, baby shower for Lauren and Cole. Uh, Lauren had a, a gift uh, registry and people ordered and, and mail ordered her gifts. And we all met up on Zoom and she opened her gifts and shared them and we all visited and um, I did, I wish I'd snapped a screenshot of that one, but I didn't, I was so uh, involved in the, in the baby shower. Yeah. Um, that one, I have to give credit to my daughter-in-law, Sarah, who put a lot of that together and she mailed out little gift bags ahead of time and invitations and, um, um, just set up a really nice party. We couldn't have had a baby shower for Lauren any other way. She's in Montana and the rest of us are somewhere else. And right. we had people from really from coast to coast um, on the Zoom shower. And it, it was just wonderful. Since then, we've had a birthday party for my Aunt Winnie and a birthday party for my mother. Um, a lot of my family is in Canada and the border between Canada and the United States is closed. So we couldn't travel to be with them anyways, which is terribly disappointing, but I understand it. But, you know, this is wonderful that we can get together with these people in this regard in real time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when we were out in Montana seeing our new grandson, we actually had a Zoom meeting and introduced the family to Arlo, too. So over Zoom. So that's just another one of those things we were able to do on Zoom. Yeah, I think this is really uh, one of those little secret silver silver linings of a world in a pandemic that uh, people have realized that they can connect digit digitally. Yes. And, you know, I'm just proud of my Aunt Winnie and my mom. They're both in their 80s and they've been able to 
figure out how to maneuver enough and get online and join into these Zoom uh, meetings and Zoom parties. And it's been a real good thing. Yep. Really good thing. All right. Okay, Bill, go to the next picture. (laughs) The peanut butter and jelly sandwich on the road. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, in the beginning, I mean, all of this is un- was unknown to us. First of all, when we found out how um, how important, how severe, how scary <laughs> this pandemic was and how everything had to shut down. And I mean, it was shocking, really, right? Did yeah. you- and we had no idea how long is this going to last? What's this going to be like? And you would hear different people say different things, you know, that. There'll be a few cases, and if we all stay locked down, that we can get a hold of it, and it'll be over before you know it. And other people were saying this could last two or three years. Um, so, you know, people found ways, have found ways to get out and do things in a safe manner. And um, was it at the end of September that we really yes. wanted to to go see Lauren and Cole? You know, we'd been locked down and isolated all summer and um, we really wanted to go see Lauren and Cole and we knew that flying was not considered to be safe. And so we decided to pack some coolers and pack our bags and take a road trip. And uh, we would do it as safely as we could. And that meant eating in the car and peeing on the side of the road. <laughs> so this is a picture yep. of me holding up my peanut butter, my Delicious peanut butter and jelly sandwich in the car as we're driving down the highway. And I must say the first four or five were pretty, pretty delicious. But after a while, it got got to be a chore to eat them all. No, as a matter of fact, at one point you stopped eating them. I had to eat the rest of them. So. Well, we didn't make them up ahead of time. We packed a loaf of bread and we yeah. packed a jar of peanut butter and a jar of jelly. We packed granola bars. And- oh, I guess I'm thinking of when we left Lauren and Coles coming back, we did make like a few of them we up. made like eight peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and put them back in the bread bag. And after the second one, you said, nope, I'm done yeah. with that. And you know what? When you make a sandwich up ahead of time and it sits in a cooler for a couple of days. Rigamortis sets in. Yeah. The bread gets soggy and then it gets hard on the outside. <laughs> it's yeah. just after a while. It was a great plan that. Yeah. I mean, we made the best of it and we stayed true to our plan. Yeah. You know, we, we really wanted to be safe and we, and, but, um, and I obviously, because, you know, we drove through Yellowstone a few days on our trip and there was more people in Yellowstone National Park in the end of September, beginning of October than we have ever seen in the past when we've been there. And I think there are a number of reasons that account for that. Number one, people from the United States weren't able to travel other places. So they were exploring, you know, the great places in our own country. And number two, a lot of schools were, had gone to remote learning. So kids weren't going to a building and going to school. They were getting their lessons online, maybe through Zoom or, or other programs. Right. And so families could do the school part wherever they were. Yeah. We saw an awful lot of families that were traveling. And people were being encouraged to get outside and do something outside. Which so is, people went to the parks, which yeah, is Yeah, which great. is all good. And so I think that a lot of us rediscovered the road trip. Yeah. You know, where you get in your car and you pack a picnic. Because we saw people, more people than I've seen in the past, at picnic tables with a cooler and a family, you know, sitting at a picnic table together, eating sandwiches and yep. having a soda. And, you know, connecting with each other. I think that's kind of a lost activity for a lot of us prior to this. A lot of times it takes, you know, well, to have a picnic, it takes time to sit back and relax and enjoy what what you're doing. Right. When I was a kid, my parents would do this, you know, probably because they didn't have a lot of money to spend on exotic trips or exotic outings. And so that's what they would do. You know, tomorrow we're going to go up to Pancake Bay on Lake Superior and we'll pack breakfast and we'll pack lunch and we'll pack our bathing suits and we'll pack a change of clothes and we'll spend the day. And and that's what you did. And those are some of my most favorite memories. Did your family ever do? Oh, I know your family did stuff like that. We did. Well, you who, talk about. Who are you talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about 
you telling me about your family packing pickled bologna and bag of chips. That was and the going, Sunday afternoon trip. Going for, well, that's after, the kind of thing I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, after a lot of times when we were kids, we would Sunday afternoon after church, we would get in the car. All of us would get in the car. And there was. And it was. Six of you. Six of us would get in the car and take a ride through. We live. Um, near a, a really big state forest, Pigeon River State Forest. There's like a million acres of land. And we would take a day road trip and go out and just look for animals, usually. Look for deer and look for elk yep. and yep. Eat whatever snacks you might all see. afternoon. Did you ever get out of the car and yeah, like, sometimes? Have a yeah, we would stop at the river every once in a while. There, you know, Pigeon River runs through that forest and um, remember even getting in the river and swimming once in a while. It was always cold, but we did it. And yeah. See, that's yeah, the kind that's of thing I'm talking stuff. about. Yeah. That is kind of a lost activity. Yep. And I'm hoping that post pandemic that people um, still consider doing that kind of thing, doing the old fashioned all American road trip or day trip. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, packing a lunch and just enjoying the outdoors and the simple things of life that really aren't that simple they're grand and amazing and just got to take time to do them you just have to take time to do them yep one of the things i also did on this um our road trip was that i bought a brand new um small sketch pad and i brought my little tiny set of watercolors and a brush and every day i tried to paint a new little picture something that represented that day and uh, that yeah, was really, cool. That was enjoyable. Yeah. It's very enjoyable. So there's a lot we can do in our lives that are simple, that aren't going to cost us a lot of money that uh, I think the pandemic has remind us, reminded us about. Yeah. I hope that I hope you and I don't forget this when things return to normal. I hope we don't just let our busy lives encroach in and forget about some of those activities that just bring you back down to earth. Right. And like you say, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. As long as you have a little time to do stuff, you should try and do it. Yeah. If you got a loaf of bread and a jar of peanut butter and. Bag of chips. Way you go. Of a can of Coca-Cola. That seems like. That'll get you a long way. <laughs> All right. Oh, our next picture. I have not asked permission to use this picture. So Lauren, if you're listening, if you're upset with me, I apologize. But. This is um, a picture of our daughter, Lauren, while she was in labor with our new grandson. But what strikes me about this picture, do you know what it is? Why I picked it, Bill? She's having to wear a mask. She's in labor in the hospital and uh, she had to wear a mask. So she's got a, one of our homemade masks on that she has pulled down under her chin. Well, I'm sure her husband took this picture yep. and she's got a smile on her face. This was before labor got bad. I think this might have been after the epidural. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Drug-induced smile then. Yeah, but doesn't she look beautiful? Yeah. I think she looks beautiful. Yeah, but that was the, that was another crazy thing we went through with COVID was uh, she actually had COVID while she was pregnant. Yeah, that was a, a kind, kind of, not even kind of, that was scary. Yeah. Um, our daughter works at a preschool. And in her ninth month of being pregnant, she contracted COVID from one of the little kids in the two-year-old. Yeah, two-year-old. Don't so, tell me kids can't get it. Yeah, don't tell do. me kids can't get it. And, and she said it. she noticed this little guy just wasn't himself. He didn't want to eat. She kept offering him different foods and he'd take a bite and say, no, something else. <laughs> no, something yeah. else. And in retrospect, he couldn't taste anything. He probably couldn't taste anything. Uh, one of the weird things about COVID-19 is that it, um, for a period of time, you have no sense of taste or smell, which has got to be really weird. Yeah. That was probably the most symptoms that Lauren ended up having. She had, she a, had a very a mild, mild case. case, apparently, but yeah. she did lose her sense of smell and taste for a while. And she so, said it was yeah. just weird. For 10 days, she quarantined in one bedroom of their house. Um, she had a bedroom and a bathroom. And an iPad, I think. <laughs> yeah. And her husband would deliver food outside of her door and they would FaceTime each other <laughs> from the house. And a very awkward time. But um, thank God she had a mild case and everything appears to have been fine. 
um, after delivery, the doctors did salvage a piece of her placenta for research about uh, pregnant women who have had COVID. Um, so hopefully she'll be a tiny piece of some kind of help in the future. Yeah. Um, yes. And Arlo was born. Everything, everybody appears healthy and happy. So, yep. so that was good, but that was scary. And, um, and the thing is Lauren was wearing a mask at work. You yeah. know, they have to wear masks. No, and, she was doing everything right and still got it. So, right. you know, well, you know, when you're together with people and, you know, when you're especially that age group, you're, helping feed them and wipe their faces and wipe change the other their diapers. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, that's you're pretty, you're closer than you want to be. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty hard to prevent. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we were all relieved when the baby was born and I just love, don't you just love this picture? Now this is just a cell phone picture that they sent to us. Uh, yeah. Of course we were in Michigan when they were having the baby in Montana. So, um, she looks very happy. Yes. All right. Let's go to our, I think this is our last picture. This is our last picture. So this is our most recent picture. And this, uh, we flew, we took, we took a chance. We weighed all of our options and did a lot of research and gave a lot of soul searching and decided that we would fly out to Montana to help Lauren the first, within the first couple of weeks of the baby. and. Um, so we geared up. This is actually us waiting for our flight or on the way home. But uh, this is a picture, a selfie again, which again, we're not good at. Yeah, this is actually in the, the new section of the Bozeman Airport. They've really added on to that since we've been started going out there for a few The Bozeman Airport is the most gorgeous airport, not because of the building, but the view out of the windows is all mountains. Yeah, it's just spectacular. Yeah, it's just breathtaking. You know, it's breathtaking where the pe the planes land and take off. It's. I wouldn't say this picture is breathtaking. <laughs> no, not us. The the, the landscape. Right. That we're looking right out towards. Well, this is like I said, a selfie of Bill and I, and we have our double masks on. So uh, while we were in the airports, we wore and on the airplane, we wore an N95 mask. And then a surgical mask over top of that. And when we got on the airplanes, we put on um, safety glasses that wrapped around our eyes yep. for the flight. So it was a little uncomfortable, but. Yeah. And I, I think we talked about this before, but the, the airlines were doing an incredible job of cleaning and, and uh, making sure that everybody was uh, following all the CDC guidelines and. Uh, yes. Yeah. So and yeah, we talked about this. I think just didn't on our, end up being that big of a deal. We talked about this just on this last episode. Although you know what, I I just still couldn't recommend this to people to just jump on an airplane. No, if you just, just want to go to Hawaii or just needed to go somewhere for to get away a vacation or whatever, I would. I would think I would long wait. and hard. I would wait, I and mean, I still feel a little bit guilty that we did it. Honestly, yeah. yeah. And for all of you women out there, I have to say. Uh, another benefit of pandemic and wearing masks is you really only have to do makeup on half your face. <laughs> and for all the men out there, you don't have to worry about things being stuck in your teeth. <laughs> right. You can eat Oreo cookies, <laughs> have black teeth, and no one knows it. Just strap on those masks. Yeah. <laughs> I was certainly happy when we got back to Michigan and were able to get outside and pull those masks off. Yeah, it is certainly a relief. And yeah. I'm looking forward to the day that we don't have to wear them anymore. I, and you I know, think I, it's coming in a few more months. I think so. it's coming, but I just know that I have friends that say they will continue to wear masks in public for a while. And like Bill and I have said, we're going to have masks in the glove compartment and in our pockets. Yep, and in our pockets, just, just in case. Whenever you, yeah. And yep. you know what? I'm over feeling worried about how people think you look. It yep. just doesn't bug me. Yep. So, um, so anyways, in summary, Bill, mm -hmm. what would you say are the things that you have learned during pandemic and, um, shutdown that will, will have changed your life that you will carry forward even after pandemic? Probably just like we were just saying, probably that, um, 
you know, when we went into tight public spaces before and didn't think anything of it, um, even if I don't have a mask, I certainly will stay away from people as much as possible. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, you don't have to be the first one in line, <laughs> you no, know, everybody's no. going to get where they're going. It doesn't matter if you're yeah. the last one in line. And it doesn't, yeah, you don't need to be crammed into, I think probably one of the things that I've seen, I had it happen to me today in the grocery store, actually. Um, you know, with, with this whole thing, people are supposed to social distance and that means be at least six feet apart from each other. And, um, I was checking out of the grocery store. I have all my food um, being counted up to be uh, so I could pay for it. And a gentleman came up behind me and just threw all of his groceries right up behind mine and was practically standing on my heels. And I just felt like, um, buddy, it's you were invading eh? my space. Yeah. You know, they, they never used to bother me when somebody be real close to me or anything. And now all of a sudden it's like, back up, buddy. Right. Um, so I, so you'll carry forward that you will be conscious of giving people their space. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just be, be, um, pay yeah. attention to, to being in other people's space. Cause yeah. you may be making them feel uncomfortable, right. even if you're not uncomfortable. Right. With it. Anything else you think that you'll carry forward? Um, I, I'm hoping the road trip continues to be a thing for us. I know that we don't always have the time to do a long road trip, but I think that we should consider places that are close enough for us to take little trips that we can road trip. Yeah. Cause I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the time. Of course you did the majority of the driving. Maybe. Like all of it. Mean? Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Um, but I enjoy the time in the car with you. I like listening oh, yeah. to podcasts and listening to music and you and I solving the world's problems and, well, there's there's so many things to do in in Michigan, and it's not just Michigan; it's all over. You, right, having you know, taking a day and going somewhere, or two or three days and going somewhere, and uh, yeah, there's just lots of things to get out there and explore. And then pulling and over on the and, side of the road and having a picnic, like there's just yeah. something to be said for that—the simplicity yeah. of all that. Even, I mean, we do it ourselves when we when we do treat ourselves to fast food. Or eat fast food out of desperation sometimes because we don't want to cook Not necessarily anymore. a treat. <laughs> right. But we tend to go find the lake to look at yeah. or, you know, yeah. just try and try and make the best of your time when you're doing that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. I think also I'm hoping that the virtual meetings will continue to be a thing. I just think that's so much more efficient and, and, uh, uh, easy for people to participate in and also um, the family parties online so that yeah people who live far away can feel connected and be a part of it without you know having to spend a lot of money and and eat up their vacation time and on and on I right. think that's great right well um, that's the thing is you can have conversations and and like I say you don't it doesn't have to take up a day or several days of travel or whatever you can you can, uh, especially with meetings, if you just need to talk about some things and and get some people's opinion that you want to do it as a group, you know, video chat is great for that kind of stuff right. where it doesn't cost anybody a ton of time or, or travel money or, you know, any of those things. It just, it can be de done efficiently. Now, there are some times you do need to meet in person. Right, but, um, right. A lot of like the meetings we've gone to for church events and the campground business, you know, all over the state and stuff doesn't necessarily have to be done in person right. all the time. And probably for all of our health, it's probably not the greatest thing to meet in person all the right. time either. I think also um, the sharing of your talents online, you know, sharing what you've done and encouraging other people to whether it's baking bread or or. Um, painting or music or I, I hope all of that continues. Yeah. I think that yeah. freely sharing um, just enhances who we are. So yeah. I think that's a good thing to carry forward. I think a lot of the sharing and stuff has been positive input too. Not, you know, I, one of the downsides of social things of, you know, internet and whatever is people, people can easily poke and, 
and make fun of and do all kinds of cruel things to people. And I hope and yet, that they, you know, the, the positive things that we saw this year will continue versus the ugly side of it all. Right. I think that there's been a lot of the ugly side of it. I, I just, you and I have chose to stay away from that. Um, and this is me getting on my soapbox now, but if you participate in social media, be it Facebook or Instagram or whatever social media you partake in, you can sort of curate what you see and what you are fed. Um, if you only look at and like and hesitate over positive um, posts and images and whatever, uh, you will get more of that. If you take the time to engage with the negative stuff, you will be fed through the, you know, through the social media's algorithm, you will be fed more of the negative nasty stuff. So I know on mine, I have made a point of, of not taking time to look at any of the stuff that's just negative or degrading or whatever. And um, if you're something we didn't talk about that happened during a pandemic was we watched a lot of Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> but something yeah. I would recommend you watch on Netflix is a film called The Social Dilemma. And it talks a lot about the negative influences of social media in our lives. And they freely admit that social media and that kind of thing is here to stay, but they do talk about how it can be made more positive and yeah. And ways that you can go about, like you had said, um, choose to look at positive things and that's what you'll get in your feed and choose right. to choose to look at negative things. And that's what you'll get in your feed. So that's how that's all working. Right. But and that is you, a great movie to take it. A, a yeah. And, and a to just at. step back and think about that. Like, yeah is this doing anything good for my mental health and is this good for society? You know, what can I do to improve that? Right. right. So, yeah. So um, we like to end our podcast with um, something positive. So do you got anything today, Bill? Um, I know I'm jumping this on you again. I have something positive. I just heard. Go ahead, and I'll think of something while you're talking about it. Okay, probably. well, what I just heard was that um, the the government has purchased more vaccines, and the United States now has enough vaccine to uh, inoculate every every person in the country. That's great. So it's just a matter of getting it distributed and getting people who can administer it and getting it into people's arms. So I think that that is a very positive thing. And I think maybe we can see a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I guess that's that would be the thing that I would hold up to is that. Um, I was going to say top that. <laughs> that, uh, well, the sun's going to come out tomorrow. <laughs> the sun has come out this week and the sun is going <laughs> to come sun out has tomorrow. Been out, yeah, I just the forecast I saw was rain today. Windy tomorrow, and then like five or six days of sunshine and road, which is pretty um, rare for Michigan. But maybe a road trip is in order. Yeah, we might have to. We might All right. have to. All right. We'll talk to you again in two weeks. Yeah. Thanks for listening in today, and I uh, hope you have a great week. Get vaccinated. Yeah. Sign up. You don't have to look. Just get it done. <laughs> it's not that. Thanks bad. for listening in. Have a great day. <laughs> bye bye.